Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, find the Gospel of Luke chapter 13. Luke's Gospel chapter 13. And uh, I don't know that I'm going to preach really long, but I'm going to preach a really powerful message this morning. Luke 13, and I'm going to talk to you. I was uh, preaching for uh, Pastor Mike last week, Sunday morning. That's where I was at, Phyllis and I, at his church. And I, I kind of like had two messages. You know, I had one on uh, sur- sur- surviving and thriving in the last days. And so I preached on that. But I had another one, and I thought, which one of these am I supposed to preach on? I can't preach both of them, you know. You know, uh, uh, my, a friend of mine in the ministry, an older gentleman, told me one time, he said, he said, you, know, you got to know this proverb, blessed is he who is short-winded, for he shall be asked back. <laughs> he said, that's one of the Beatitudes of the ministry. <laughs> that was Brother Leon, <laughs> pal. And uh, he, had, he had some funny sayings sometimes. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, and he also would say, blessed is he who has notes, for he'll know when he's done. And so he had these beatitudes. But anyway, so I knew I wasn't going to preach both these messages. So I thought, well, God, you've given me two messages here. And, and I didn't realize that one was going to be for this morning. And so here's the one I didn't preach last Sunday morning. I'm going to talk about ownership versus possession. Ownership versus possession. Now, how many know you can own something and not be in possession of it? Maybe you have one of those sons or son-in-laws that never brings anything back. They borrow, but they don't return. And so you may own things, but you're not in possession of it. I've had times where I've loaned things out, and, you know, I didn't have it. It was mine but I didn't have possession of it. God has given us believers an inheritance. Amen. I was reading in the book of Acts one time, and it's Acts 26, verse 18, and the Lord, the, Paul was rehearsing his heavenly vision where Jesus appeared to him. And he said this, he said that the Lord told him, he said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to preach forgiveness of sins and inheritance among all of them that are sanctified. And as I read that, I thought, uh, well, you know, some of the church thinks the only inheritance that we have is forgiveness of sins. But he told Paul, I want you to preach forgiveness of sins and inheritance. So there's an inheritance that goes along with that. And I think it's over like 11 times in the New Testament where the Bible talks about us having an inheritance. You know, the scriptures say this, Ephesians, and I like this scripture. It's one of, one of, my, one of my favorites. There's a lot of favorite ones. How many have a lot of favorite scriptures, you know? I remember when I, before I was ever saved, you know, I'd hear people say, Psalm 23 is my favorite psalm. And I thought, well, I, I got to have one, you know? Everybody's, Psalm 23, they've taken that one, so I'll say Psalm 27. I didn't know what it said, but it was my favorite psalm. I mean, no, it's just better just to read it, right? Yeah. And so anyway, uh, 
you read through the scriptures, like I think it's like 11 times in the New Testament talks about us having an inheritance. Well, you know, you could have an inheritance, but not even be in possession of it. You could have it, but you don't really possess it. So it doesn't do you any good. And there's a lot of the things of God are like that. We, we, we own them, but we don't have possession of them. See, God, in, in Israel, God, God instituted what was called the law, or excuse me, the year of Jubilee. Anybody ever heard of that? Jubilee was every 50th year, uh, everybody in Israel got their stuff back. Like if you had to sell your land, you know, uh, you, got, you got in debt, you had to sell your land. And uh, every 50th year, you got it back. So, <clears throat> you know, if you were selling your land on the 49th year, you're not going to get much for it because that person knows next year you get it back. So you get a lesser price for it. And the reason God did that is He didn't ever want them to lose their inheritance. Amen. He always wanted them to have their inheritance. And I'm, I'm leading up to something, so just stay with me. And so uh, Jesus came back to the, Jesus came to this earth, and in His ministry, He preached a message one time, and we find it in Luke chapter four. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me." And, and he said, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Uh, you know, he's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. But then he went on and he said, he's anointed me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, that year, that acceptable year of the Lord that he talked about is the year of Jubilee. He, he's anointed me to preach the year of Jubilee. And that is when everybody gets their inheritance back. That's what he was talking about. So what, was, what Jesus was, and he, and, he, and he went on to say, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I, I am the one sent to fulfill that. Well, how many of he did at Calvary? And what did, what did he do? He preached the year of Jubilee. In other words, he said, you're getting your inheritance back. The inheritance that Adam and Eve forfeited, you're getting it back. Hallelujah. So, you know, how do we know what is in our inheritance? Well, the New Testament talks about this. It says all the promises. Everybody say promises. promises. That's plural, isn't it? All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. So you just read through the New Testament. When you read a promise, then you know that's part of your inheritance. Right? Like forgiveness of sins. How do you know that's part of your inheritance? Did you know that the Bible teaches that there's joy in the Holy Spirit? That's part of your inheritance. Did you know the Bible talks about righteousness? That's part of your inheritance. Paul said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That's part of your inheritance. Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about by his stripes you were healed. That's part of your inheritance. You just look through the New Testament you, it, it's called, you know, in, in the, the, um, the English Bible uses the word Old Testament, New Testament. How many know what a testament is? It's a will. It's an inheritance. Now, literally, it's really a covenant. Amen. Testament's fine. It's just that we don't use the word much, and so we don't understand it. But testament means you've been left an inheritance. So we have an inheritance. All the promises of God, I don't know how many there are, but there's enough to keep you busy for a long time. 
Amen? Amen? So all of those are yours, and that's part of your inheritance. And God doesn't ever want us to lose that. Amen? And He sent Jesus to get it back for us. Hallelujah. How many know that Adam and Eve had all their needs met in the Garden of Eden? How many know they were healed? How many know they had the presence of God? They were righteous. They had all of these things, and yet they lost it all through sin, but Jesus got it all back for us. Amen. And so what I want to talk to you this morning just for a little bit today is about ownership, what you own, versus or compared to what you're possessing. There's a difference. There's a difference. Amen? See, uh, Brother Teach and I were talking about this this morning. This comes to my mind, Brother, thinking about what we were talking about this morning. Uh, <clears throat> there's times when God initiates healings. There's times, now listen to this, now, now listen to what I say before you get religious. There's times when we initiate the healings. Did not Jesus say, <clears throat> what things to every desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Who initiates that? You or God? You do. You initiate. You started. See, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said to her, your faith made you whole. Who initiated it? She did. She heard of Jesus. She got out of her house, out of her bed, went to where he's at, touched the hem of his garment. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Right? But yet... There's other people that Jesus healed that God initiated the healing. You know, that's what the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians, or first, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12. It talks about the gifts of healings. Those are God-initiated healings. God's sovereign. He can initiate stuff if He wants to, right? He doesn't have to ask us. And so Jesus goes to this man at the pool of Bethesda, and He says, Will you be made well? He said, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water's troubled. I've been this way for 38 years. Jesus said, uh, rise, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he was healed, right? Well, he later on said he didn't even know who Jesus was. They asked him who healed you. He said, he, he did not know who Jesus was. So who initiated that? He didn't. Jesus did, Right. All right. Uh, what about the blind man in John chapter 9? They, Jesus restored his sight back to him. And then the leaders of the synagogue called him in and said, Oh, who healed you on the Sabbath day? And he, he told me, I don't know who the man was. He didn't know. He later on found out it was Jesus. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Jesus, God, initiated that healing. But there's plenty of places where Jesus said, your faith made you whole, you initiated this, you started this. Amen. So what I'm showing you is this. We have an inheritance. Yes, we do. But it doesn't mean we're in possession of it if we don't do something. Amen. Now, Luke chapter, uh, I'm in John. Go to Luke chapter 13. I believe that's it. Luke chapter 13. Is that where I told you to go? All right, Luke chapter 13. I want to show you something here. I'm just going to just sow this to you a little bit today. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. It says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, that, that's Jesus. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Now, how many of somebody had something 18 years? People begin to say, well, it must be the will of God. 
But, you know, you can have wrong things for 18 years. Amen. And, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said unto her, he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Now, really what he's doing here is he's just telling her the legal status of what she has. You're loosed. You've been loose for 18 years. You just didn't know it. And, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. See, that's religion to you. Religion will find a, a way to argue about truth instead of accept it. And he said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work, in, in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. So he recognized healing was a real valid thing. He said, hey, you got six days to come to this synagogue and be healed. Come on one of those. Don't come on the Sabbath day. That's religion for you. Well, she'd been going there for 18 years, and he hadn't helped her yet. I don't think he knew much. Do you? Come on. Verse 15 said, the Lord answered and said to him, you, you hypocrite. Boy. That doesn't get you many invitations back to preach. <laughs> Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his, ap, his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? Jesus said, you treat a, you treat a donkey better than this. Amen. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, who bound her? Satan. Not God, it wasn't God's will. She's been that way for 18 years. It's not been the will of God for 18 years, right? If Satan did it, have you know, it's not been the will of God all those 18 years she's had this, right? And he said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, or think of it, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. No, I, I read it to you because I wanted, I wanted you to see Jesus gave his reasons for healing this woman on the Sabbath day. He said, she's a daughter of, of who? What's Abraham got to do with it? Covenant. In other words, she has an inheritance. Amen. This is, this is part of what belongs to her. Did you know in the Old Testament there was healing, wasn't there? All throughout it, people got healed. Didn't God say, I, we even preached a sermon on this a few weeks ago, that he was Jehovah Rapha, I'm the Lord that heals thee. Didn't he say, I'd take sickness from the midst of you? Isn't that in your Bible? B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. How about you? So he said throughout, all, there's scriptures all throughout the Old Testament where God told Israel he would heal them. So, so because of his covenant with Abraham. And so he said she's a daughter of Abraham. In other words, she has a right to be healed. She has an inheritance here. Shouldn't she be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? When Jesus was, remember Zacchaeus, the short little guy? Hey, thank God for short people. I'm 5'8 on a good day. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, you know what I mean? Remember that song, Short People? I don't think they probably play that on the radio. It's not PC, you know. But anyway, any longer. But, but amen, you know. It's like we heard a, 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 a guy preaching one night. He was, he was a black priest, Catholic priest. And he was preaching one night at Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship, Demon Shakirin's thing. And he was preaching one night that he started. He was preaching one night, and I'll never forget his sermon. He said, some of you are like Zacchaeus. You're up a tree, not on a limb. <laughs> well, that's where Zacchaeus was, right? right? Up a tree, out on a limb. And he was a tax collector. How many love the IRS? 
How many prayed for the IRS this week? One hand. One hand. What'd you pray for the botch of Egypt to hit? Oh, no, never mind. She's shaking her Yeah, yeah, that's my prayer. Now, how many know that most of us, we don't care for tax collectors? Now, especially in those days, because they, they were, you know, they were really crooked. They really were. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying some of them aren't today, but they really were in those days. And, and Zacchaeus, uh, you know, he, 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 he was so interested in Jesus that he was of a short stature, the Bible says, that he climbed up that tree to get a look at him. And Jesus saw him up there. He saw his faith. He saw his hunger. He said, come down. I'm going to have, I'm going to have uh, a meal at your house today, you know. And, of course, all the religious people got upset, so he's going to eat with a tax collector, a sinner. Well, hey, that's who needs him. Right? And so he went to his house, and when he was there, he said, salvation has come to this man's house because he's also a, a son of Abraham. Amen. Doesn't the, Bible, didn't the Bible say Jesus, when that woman with the issue of blood got healed, he said, what did he say? Daughter, 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 your faith has made you whole. In other words, he's just referring to co- co- inheritance, covenant. You got a covenant, you got an inheritance. Daughter, your faith possessed your inheritance. That virtue that she got out of Jesus, that power that she tapped into out of Jesus, that was part of her inheritance. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I mean, for the most part in his ministry, he just preached to the Jewish people. There were a few, very few Gentiles that he healed. He healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter, cast the devil out of her. Because and he did, you know, and he delayed on that, and the woman wouldn't quit. Remember that? Jesus just ignored her. She, she said, "My my daughter's at home, grievously vexed with a demon. Come, you know, come and heal her, deliver her." And the Bible said Jesus didn't. He didn't answer her word. Just ignored her. The disciples said, "Send her away. She's bugging us," you know. And Jesus said, "It's not right to take that which belongs to the children, the children's bread, and get, cast it to the dogs." Remember him saying that to her. What was he saying? It's, see, what would he mean by dogs? Well, literally, what they understood that meaning. It meant they weren't in covenant with God. The children's bread was they had an inheritance of healing. And Jesus said, it's not right for me to take that and give that to you. And she said, that's true, Lord, but the dogs get the crumbs underneath the master's table. I could just see him smile, couldn't you? He said, for this saying, go your way. The daughter's, the devil, your, your daughter's delivered. Your daughter's healed. Hallelujah. Amen. But now later on, thank God. I said, thank God. God sent a man by the name of Peter to a man, a Gentile whose name was Cornelius. Remember that book of Acts? He gets to Cornelius' house and he says, why did you call me? You know I'm not supposed to be here. Remember, he was, before he went, remember he was up on the housetop praying they were, fixing, they were fixing dinner. He was hungry, but he was praying, and he fell into a trance, and he saw this great sheet let down from heaven, and in it was all kinds of unclean animals. And the Lord said to him, Rise, kill, and eat. 
I've been obeying that ever since. <laughs> if it doesn't have parents, I don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? I like stuff that has parents. And so Peter said, not so, Lord. He said, I've never let anything unclean or common come into my mouth. And Jesus said, don't you call what I've cleansed common. In other words, what Jesus was saying, my sacrifice paid the price and cleansed everything. For everything to be cleansed. Peter doubted. He still didn't know exactly what that, all that meant, but he knew God was showing him something. And so they came to the door, knocked on the door and said, Hey, Cornelius, an angel appeared to Cornelius and told him to send here to Joppa to Simon Tanner's house for a man named Peter, and he would come and tell us words whereby we must be saved. So Peter goes down there. He gets into Cornelius' house. And he says, You know I'm not supposed to be here. It's unlawful for a Jew to be here. See, he still isn't sure about all this. But then he goes on, Well, I think God showed me what, what's common, don't, you know, what's, what's uh, you know, uh, cleansed, don't call common or unclean. And he said, why did you call me? He said, well, an angel appeared to me and told me to send and get you and you'd preach to us words whereby we could be saved. And the Bible says, while Peter preached, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Amen. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Thank God. I don't know about you, but thank God. I've had that same experience where the Holy Spirit fell on me and I spoke with tongues and magnified God. I'm still doing it today. The same book of Acts experience. I feel in good company if I'm with Peter and the rest of the apostles. I believe them. And so what, what was it? Well, look, Peter, Peter went down there and, and see, G, the, the Gentiles got in to this inheritance. Hallelujah. And you know, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. He took the word to the Gentiles. And that's what the Lord said. You go preach to the Gentiles forgiveness of sins and about their inheritance. And you read Paul's letters. Woo, did he preach about the inheritance. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, I got an inheritance. So, so this woman, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, this woman with the issue, but daughter, your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. See, God has given us an inheritance, but are we possessing it? You say, well, how do we possess it? Well, I'm going to talk to you about it in just a little bit, but I want you to go to 2 Chronicles. I'm not preaching along this morning, but, uh, but, but it's going to be really powerful if we get this in our hearts and understand, you know, sometimes people are trying to talk God into doing something. He doesn't need to be talked into anything. He's already provided something for you. Amen? That, you know... The psalmist said, He will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That's today. See, we read that at funerals. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But that's not for funerals. That's, that's not for the dead. That's a psalm for the living. Amen? Second Chronicles. Let me, did I say Second Chronicles? Chapter 20. Go there. So it's a psalm for the living. He's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You need to come up to the table. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And say, pass the bread. Pass the bread. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Thank God at his table, there's always plenty. My, my mom, she's still, she's still alive. She's. Uh, elderly now, but 
uh, all her life that I remember, she loved to cook. She loved, she, she, she enjoyed cooking and she enjoyed cleaning house. Uh, in, in her days, just before the, the latter last few years, she, she, now, now you all ladies are going to know how outstanding this is. She cleaned the ceiling fans every week. Some of you haven't been up there this decade. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? When you start stuff start flying off and hitting the walls, you know, oh, I better clean them. There's something up there. But she, she loved to cook. And I, I can remember, you know, when I was, when I was at the Revival Center, uh, after, on Sunday morning, not only would Randy and I and, and the other kids go to mom's, but some people from church would come. And, uh, you know, mom, and, 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 and you never, you know, you, you never, uh, she always complained, well, maybe not always, but several times, about we didn't eat enough. And I tried to explain to her one day, and I, it did not, she didn't get it. I tried to explain to her, Mom, you fix, you, you fix more than one main course. You've got roast. You've got fried chicken. You've got lasagna. <laughs> you've got meatballs. You've got like six or seven pies, a cake, and cinnamon rolls. It's like... Then you tell us we need to lose weight. <laughs> You're concerned about us. Wonder why? How many understand? <laughs> you know, she's spread a table now. Amen. And uh, God has spread a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He didn't say there wouldn't be enemies, but there's something there to eat right in their very presence. When that, when that enemy of sickness comes at you, there's a table spread for you. When that, enemy of, when that enemy of depression or oppression comes at you, there's a table you can go to and eat off of. There's an inheritance. I said, there's an inheritance. You know, D.L. Moody and his church, how many ever heard of D.L. Moody, great preacher from Chicago? Uh, the, and his church is still going, the Moody Bible Church in Chicago. And, uh, but he talked about a, a, an incident in his church. He said that, you know, there were so many people. He had 5,000 people coming to his church, so he could not personally see after everybody. There's no way he could do that. So he had other pe- ministers on staff that looked out and like were care, uh, flock care people that took care of the flock. And so he told them, he said, now... He said, if there's ever anybody that you think I need to go see, just tell me, you know, otherwise you take care of it. And one day he said his staff came to him and they said, well, Pastor, there's a lady that's been a member of this church for many, many, many years and said she is right now, right now she's homebound. And, you know, I, I think you probably need to go see her. She said, fine, I'll go see her. He went to see her. He said she lived in this real rundown apartment in poverty. And he went to see her, and he said, as I was there, he said, I noticed some kind of document on the wall. And he said, I looked at that, and it, it sparked some curiosity. And he asked her, he said, now, what is this document here? And she told Mr. Moody, Pastor Moody, she said, well, she said, I work for this older couple, and, uh, you know, the wife passed on and the, the, the man said, I want you to continue working for me. And he said, I worked for them. And 
he passed on, but before he passed on, he left me this. He left me this. And she said, he said, do you mind if I go check this out and see what this is all about? She said, as long as you bring it back. He went and checked it out and it was actually, it was actually I don't understand how this all works because I'm not, this isn't my world. But it was actually a, a certificate for stock in a company. He checked it out and found out the lady was worth millions of dollars. She's living in poverty, but on her wall is a document. I said, on her wall is a document that says she's worth millions. She has an inheritance, but she's not possessing it. I think that's sometimes like us believers. We, we live in spiritual poverty and we got a document. We got to find out what's in the document. I said, we got to find out what's in the document. Amen. God doesn't want us reading his book so he'll be proud of us. He doesn't want, to, he doesn't want us reading his book so, you know, we'll, we'll make him feel really good about us. He wants us reading his book so we'll know what belongs to us. Amen. Amen. If someone leaves you a will, how many know you've got to find out what's in it? Now, here in 2 Chronicles, I want to read this scripture, and then I'm going to read one more and we'll be done for today. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Go to verse 10. Verse number 10. It says, now, and this is King Jehoshaphat of Judah. He says, Now behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us, to come to cast us out of thy possession, which you've given us to inherit. Now, I read that scripture because here, here, here's why. This is exactly what the devil does. He tries to cast you out of what belongs to you. Amen. I said, amen. See, you have an inheritance, but he tries to cast you out of it. Did not Jesus say that he, it, when the word's sown, he comes immediately to take it away? He's trying to steal your inheritance, trying to cast you out of it, trying to keep you from possessing what belongs to you. Amen. See, I heard someone say this years ago. I really like this. They said, we're, we're not the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed. Satan's trying to take our health away from us. Come on now. That's true. Words, we already have the inheritance. Yes. But the devil will fight to try to cast you out of your inheritance. Come on. Man, I've seen that multitudes of times. Where he does listen, Jesus said he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he said the thieves come for. To kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come. Come on, somebody. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Glory. I heard. A man say this one years ago. I have never forgot. I've, I, actually, I took it away from him and used it myself. You know how we do. If we preach something somebody else preached, we, we give them credit. So-and-so said this. I, you know, and then next time, I heard this somewhere. And then next time, like I always say myself. <laughs> well, now this has become mine. He said, what we need to do, see, 
I've come to give you life. This is the King James Bible. I've come to give you life. Maybe the New King James Bible says, does it the same way. I've come to give you life, comma, and life more abundantly. He said, we need to get on the other side of the comma. So when we got born again, we got life. Amen? But there is another side of that comma. Get over on the other side and more abundantly. And the Amplified Bible says, to the full till it overflows. That's our inheritance. Hallelujah. I've been living in it for 40 years. I'm glad when I got saved, I got saved in the right place. I got saved in a church that preached the Word of God. And I, had, I hadn't been saved but a matter of a week or two, and somebody gave me some cassette tapes by Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Uh, oh, man, where has this been all my life? I started learning who I was in Christ. Hallelujah. And I've lived a happy life, a stable life, a blessed life, a healed life. Amen. Ever since. Amen. Amen. Well, now, now, now there are some people who don't believe in all that. Well, just let them do without. Oh, yeah, I've been challenged over the years, and I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times. Look, it just rose off me like water off a duck's back, man. Because I'm walking in the blessing. Now, if it wasn't working for me, I might tend to believe you. But since it's working, I'm not believing you. Hallelujah. It's like one man said, he said, you know what? He said, if I found out that Jesus never did live, he wasn't the son of God, all of that wasn't true. He said, I still live this way because I'm blessed. But the reason we're blessed is because Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is alive. And it is real. Hallelujah. But you got to possess it. Let's finally, let's close. You get something today? Go to the book of Hebrews. I'm close. I want to read this scripture to you. And then we'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 3. Go there. Hebrews the third chapter. God's got, you know, God's got good things for everybody. You know, all this ridiculous nonsense theology that teaches God's causing you to be sick and He's causing your heartaches and your car wrecks and all that, that's just, that's just not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. He didn't say, I've come to give you the flu and give it to you more abundantly. I'm going to tell you, if God's after you and He gets you, if He was really after you, you'd be God already. It wouldn't take Him long. One angel, everybody say one angel killed 185,000 of the Assyrians that were against Israel one night. That's just one. And he probably didn't break a sweat doing that. Are you with me now? So if God ever gets against you, you're going to know it. But he sent Jesus because he's on our side. Hallelujah. He's not against, he's not against any, he is against sin, but he's not against people. He wants people delivered and healed Amen. and blessed. Amen. Now, let, let's look at uh, uh, Hebrews 3, go there. Verse 18, it says, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that the old King James says, believe not. Some new translations, like the new King James says, obeyed not. The reason that is, is because this word believed not here, it actually means to believe, uh, to disbelieve. I mean, 
and to, 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 and to be disobedient. So in other words, this is the kind of unbelief that will cause you to be disobedience, to be disobedient, excuse me. He said, so they believe not. So now verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So they couldn't get into the, this is talking about Israel, the, the first generation that came out of Egypt, how many know they didn't, they didn't make it in, did they? Right? And the reason they didn't make it in was because of unbelief. God had an inheritance for them. He had a land of promise. But they didn't get in there because of their unbelief. They chose not to believe it. Right? How many know we should believe the Bible? All right? Well, every promise of God. You know, Brother Hagin said one time, he said, this lady said, can I bring my daughter to you for prayer, for healing? He said, well, yeah, okay. And so she brought her to Brother Hagin, and, you know, he, he didn't have a whole lot of time to spare. So he said, they brought her in, and I'm talking to her. And he said, you know, he said, every question I'd ask her, her mother would answer. So he said, finally, he said, I don't mean to be mean about this, but if you don't let her answer, I'm just going to dismiss this whole thing and not deal with it. She says, well, okay, okay, Brother Hagin. And so he says to the daughter, he says, you don't believe in divine healing, do you? She said, no, I don't. He said, well, she said, to be honest with you. Uh, he said, don't be honest, be brutally frank. She said, no, Brother Hagin, I don't. She said, if it was true, my pastor would preach on it. He said, I said the wrong thing. He said, well, maybe your pastor doesn't know about it. Boy, he said, fire shot out of her eyes because she loved her pastor. He said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not saying that your pastor is a bad man. Maybe he just doesn't know about it. He said, if it's in the Bible, would it be God's will to heal you? She said, well, certainly. He said, pick up that Bible, pick up my Bible. He said, I want you to turn to Matthew 8, 17. She looked at the Bible and saw it was a good Schofield Bible. You know, she's Baptist. Good Schofield Bible, King James Version. She said, well, this is a good, okay, it's a good Bible. So she reads in there, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He said, when she looked up, she had tears in her eyes. She said, it is in the Bible, isn't it? He said, it certainly is. She said, my pastor must just not know, must, must just not know about that. He said, I, evidently not. He prayed for her and she was healed. And it turns out her pastor was an honest man. When he saw that she was healed, he came to Brother Hagin's meeting. He sat on the platform with the other, the other pastor. He was preaching this pastor's church, Brother Hagin was. This pastor had this other pastor, this, this Baptist pastor, that, his, that, that was his member that was healed, sat on the platform and introduced Brother Hagin. This is Pastor so-and-so from, you know, this church down the street. And he said, Brother Hagin, he said, I had a young lady in my church that was healed that you prayed for. He said, uh, he said, ah. I know she was healed. He said, now some of my members told me the devil did it. He said, but I got enough sense to know the devil's not healing the Baptist. <laughs> well, no, he's not healing anybody. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. So he said, I want, he said, you preached, he said, uh, so Brother Hagin preached, and that night he preached on healing. When he got done, that Baptist pastor said, now I want your notes. He said, uh, I'm going to preach out in my church on Sunday morning, giving all the call just like you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So see, the guy was honest, right? He just didn't know. Amen. Amen. Now, verse, verse 19 says, they couldn't enter in. This verse generate, they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Now, let's finish up. Let us therefore fear, be reverent, lest they promise being left off of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us... See, I mean, God's got a rest for us, right? That's right. 
He's got an inheritance for us. Y'all see that? I'm, I'm kind of hurrying, so I, I hope I'm not leaving stuff out. But he says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them and heard it. For, now notice this, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. There's 900 yards of teaching here, but let me just say this. He's simply saying it's already a done deal. It's finished from the foundation of the world. Amen. And he said, the first group, Israel didn't get into the rest I had for them because of their unbelief. He said, now you watch it that you don't follow their example. We enter into our inheritance by believing what's written in the book. Amen. What did, what did Paul say? I heard a, a Christian group in town here in town. And they said this. They were one of these anti- groups that argue about everything. And I was listening to them on the radio. I was driving down the road. This is years and years ago. This is before we had cell phones. <laughs> All right. And I'm driving. I'm, I'm living in Jasper at the time. Jasper, Indiana. And I'm, but I'm listening to the radio station out of Evansville. And there's this group on there. And, and they don't believe in anything. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in miracles. They believe everything passed away except the calendar. And so... They made a statement. They said, we would give $1,000 to anybody that can tell us how to get into the body of Christ. Now, my thought was, well, I had several thoughts. One of my thoughts was, if what are you doing on the radio preaching the gospel to people and you can't even tell them how to get in the body of Christ? Get off. My second thought was, I wish I had a phone and I wish you were honest because I can tell you how to get into the body of Christ. Paul said, if thou shalt believe in thy heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, thou shalt be saved. If you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead and confess him. Right? See, confessing causes you to possess your inheritance. Confession doesn't create your inheritance. It just causes you to possess it. Amen. Let me give you these statements. I'm closing. Listen. Confession brings possession, not ownership. You got the ownership when you got born again. You already own it. It's yours whether you have faith for it or not. But faith's going to be how you possess it. It's already yours. Amen. You already have it. But you have to... You have to believe to receive it. Isn't that what Jesus said? Believes. Come on, anybody know that scripture? Believes, he receives. Really, I say to you, whosoever shall send to this mountain. Remember that scripture? And he goes on and says, all things you ever desire, when you pray, believe you, receive them. What? Receive your inheritance. And you'll have it. It's already yours. You don't have to talk God into it. It's already yours. Ownership versus possession. How many know there's, there's a lot of things that people own, but they're not possessing? That ought to just make you angry. I'm going to possess everything that belongs to me. Amen. You're not keeping what belongs to me. You're not casting me out of my inheritance, devil. Praise God for the word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.